Thank you, Ginny. This is a parent's prayer. Well, the theme is love. Thank God for that. Good morning. Good afternoon now. Uh, and I have to confess, make a confession so the Lord bless me. If I keep it in my heart, uh, I'm afraid I might not do well this morning. Um, in... Uh, September, I started praying for, for rain. You know. 
this is why I wanted to confess, you know. And uh, I promised that I will stop praying for rain. I couldn't stop with all my heart, you know. I said, Lord, thank you for the rain, but um, I can't come... I can't get it out to say stop raining, okay? So Mike and Bill, especially, uh, you can take me to the blue room and uh, talk to me afterwards. But you know, until now, I did not uh, pray to stop for rain. So what would you like me to do today? <laughs> rain is good, but we need some summer. So we pray for the Lord to send us good weather. Amen. We thank God for the beautiful weather we have today. Well, a very well-known verse in the Bible. Very well-known verse, John 3:16. The children know it, the adults know it, everybody knows it. It's the love of God for God. So loved the world. You have it on the screen. That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life or everlasting life. And you know, when I was preparing this dedication for our little wonderful Spencer, and I came to says that he will know, he will know the love of God. I don't think I'm qualified. I don't think there's a human being who's qualified to describe the love of God. I don't think we can fathom the love of God. I cannot myself understand why God loved me and changed my heart and gave me this wonderful life. I'm a happy person, you know that? I think you know that. Why? I was not happy before knowing God. I was not at peace with the world, with myself, with anyone else at home before knowing God. But when I knew him, and I experienced that touch of love, when he changed me, then I started saying, who am I, Lord? I don't deserve your love. And to describe the love of God, many po po poets tried, Many writers tried. There are many books, but they cannot even scratch the surface. We do not understand it. The writer, Lehman, wrote about the love of God. He said, could we, with ink, the ocean fill? And were the skies of parchment made? Were every stock on earth a quill? And every man ascribed by trade to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry. Nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky, from sky to sky. O oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong it shall forever more endure the saints and angels' song. He thought he, he got it there. I don't think so. 
No one can fathom the love of God. For God himself to leave his, the ivory palaces, as we say, heaven with the angels, with God the Father, take a form of a man, humble himself, and live in mockery and disdain, and go to the cross of Calvary, and die there because he loves you and me. Can you fathom this love? Can you understand this love? It's beyond me. I get a glimpse of it only. And that's what, can I, what I can say about the love of God. A farmer A farmer had an unusual weather vane. You know the weather vanes in the farms on his barn. Inscribed on the arrow were these words, God is love. A passerby turned in at the gate and asked the farmer, what do you mean by, by that? Do you think God's love is changeable? that it veers about as that arrow turns in the wind? Oh no, replied the farmer, oh no. I mean that whichever way the wind blows, God is still love. We change, he changes not. We go in, our, in love and out of love, don't we do that? But he never, he loves and loves and keep on loving. Did you experience one day that God did not love you? Eternity alone will tell how many millions have been saved because of this verse I read, for God so loved the world. This verse has touched millions of people, changed lives. And in this simple verse, we see God as the source of all. It begins with God and ends with everlasting life. That's, that's his love. It begins in eternity with God and ends with man in eternity. It is only his grace that we heard of this morning, that stooped down to pick us up, doomed sinner such as us, and brings them into an endless future of richest blessing and joy. That's the love of God. It is a sacrificial love. Someone wrote, and I want to share it with you, about this verse. He said, God, he tried to um, explain it. God, the greatest person. So, the greatest measure. So, how much so? Love, the greatest force. The world, the greatest number. He gave the greatest gift, 
his only son, the greatest sacrifice. Whosoever it's the greatest offer believes the greatest opportunity, in him the greatest object, should not perish the greatest deliverance, have everlasting life, the greatest blessing. Have you received this blessing? Have you received the love of God? Did you take this loving God as your Savior? I would like to ask you this afternoon now. Would you like to take this loving God as your Savior? Or do you want to tell him, no, thank you? I don't want this kind of love. I can't figure it out myself that God so loved and so much he sacrificed that I would say, I leave the meeting here. I say, well, well, I know he loves me, but, well, it's not for me. This gracious love, the love of God is available. And if there's someone here who did not reciprocate the love of God yet, I would ask you to come to Jesus and say, Lord Jesus, I just love you. Take me and change me. The Bible says it is a love beyond measure. He sacrificed his life for us. And also, it is a love that you cannot measure at all. In Paul's letter to the Romans, we read the following, and I want to read it from the New Living Translation. I want you to listen, and it's up there. Can anything, it says, in Romans 8, 35 to 39, can anything separate us from Christ's love? Ask yourself this question that Paul is writing and asking the Romans there. Can anything, does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity? Or are persecuted or are hungry or cold or in danger or in, threatened by death? Even the scripture says, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, Paul writes, Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ. Through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced, he says, that nothing can ever separate us from his love. Nothing on his part. Nothing can separate you, Christians. If you have experienced the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you have accepted his love, Nothing can separate you from his love. Is that clear? Nothing. And he goes further on to say, death can't, and life can't, the angels can't, and the demons can't. Our fears for today, our worries about tomorrow, and even the powers of hell can't keep God's love away from us. Rejoice, Christian. God so loved you so much.
so, so much. Whether we are high above, he says, the sky, or in the deepest ocean, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Sit down and rejoice if you have Jesus as your Savior. If you have his love in your heart, that's enough to cruise through life until you enter eternity. That's the love of God. This is what the word says. I am not capable to describe it myself. The verses, these verses contain one of the most comforting promises in all scripture. Believers have always had to face hardships in many forms, but the love of God maintained them. The care of God, because he loves, kept them. And he reaffirms, Paul through the Holy Spirit, us all, God's profound love for his people. No matter, he says, what happens, no matter where we are, we can never be separated from God's love. His death for us is a good proof that he loves us, doesn't it? And on the cross of Calvary, he loved you and me so much. And when he looked at the cross, he did not get scared. He did not say no. He did not say, I want to change. He didn't say, well, I regret. I regret, Father. They don't deserve it. He knew we don't deserve it. And he said, well, he was hanging on the cross with a heart broken, filled with love. Forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. How do you reciprocate this love? By turning your back or loving him more? Or obeying him more? Or giving him all you have? And if you are unsafe today, not sure about your salvation, I hope the love of God will grip your heart and say, Adolf, I want Jesus Christ as my Savior. I want this love. Man cannot offer such a love. Man changes. As I said, we're in love and out of love. And man's love is temporary. God's love is eternal. You are coming to God who never changes. He says in the Bible, I, the Lord, do not change. And after his, what he's done, after what he said, after his life for 33 plus years here on earth, and when he went to the cross, do you think, do you, do you think he said, well, I, I regret it? Do you think he said that? Seeing our hearts? He went there and said, no regrets. Believe me. How do you respond to this love? In the face of this love beyond measure, will you tell Jesus this afternoon, I love you? Would you? He who gave all for you, are you willing to give your sins for him? All he needs from you is your sins. He's not asking for anything else. And is it much to give him everything else? Is it much when we dedicated 
that wonderful little boy, Spencer, to put him at the feet of Jesus, says, Lord Jesus, you take him, you raise him. We are only custodians. He is your child. You gave him to us. And is it much? He who gave you this wonderful life that you are enjoying, regardless, is it much to say, Lord Jesus, I love you, I give you my life? Is it much to dedicate your life to him? And are you willing to say, Lord Jesus, yes? I'm ready to forsake all and follow you. To love him is to reciprocate his love and faithfully live for him. God's love is without regrets, and I thank God that he never regretted. Ah, what would happen to me if he regretted? Or he backed off before the cross. Everything would have been gone of no meaning. And he said, now, furthermore, my love is eternal. I want to give you a verse which is found in John 13, 1. He said, having loved his own who were in the world, all of us, he loved them to the end. Remember that verse. He loved them to the end. His love is not for a season. His love is not as long as you're good. His love as, you're long, as, you, as long as you're walking. His love is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Even when we stumble and fall, it's his loving hand that stoops down and picks us up and gives us that encouragement to continue working, walking until we get to that shore. That's the love of God. I know, and I'm not scratching even the word love. I read this story. I want to end up with it. And this story is true. It happened in 1986. It's uh, the United States Senator Jake Garn of Utah. His 27-year-old daughter, Susan Garn Horn, suffered from progressive kidney failure due to diabetes. Listen to this. Her condition deteriorated and doctors determined that she needed a kidney transplant immediately. Jake Garn and his two sons were all found to be compatible donors and the senator insisted that he should be the one to give the kidney. It's in the historical books. Her mother carried her, he said, for nine months, and I'm honored to give her part of me. Is that love? So on September 10, 1986, in a Washington, D.C. hospital, a six-hour surgical procedure was performed to remove one of his kidneys and to implant it into his daughter. The radio news broadcast a story on Garns, and in it was a comment from the doctor who put 
the donated kidney into Susan's body at a press briefing at Georgetown University Hospital. The doctor said the senator is awake, has a bit of a grin on his face. He seems very, very self-satisfied and happy and peaceful. The senator had to be in pain at that moment. The incision through which his kidney was removed goes from back to his front ribs. There were tubes in him, needles yet to come, and several weeks of recuperation lying ahead, but he was smiling. That grin on Jake Garn's face could have meant only one thing, no regrets. Love makes it possible for a person to do the most difficult and dreaded of things without looking back. Think for a moment about what Jesus did to save you and me. He left the worship of angels to be born in a stable. He accepted the limitations of our human body. He suffered pain, indignation, and humility of the greatest magnitude. He shed his lifeblood to purchase our redemption. Is that love? The most astounding thing about all he did is that there is not a word in the Bible which indicates that the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, regretted doing it. On the day of his ascension back to the Father, there may have been a bit of a grin of his face, the writer says, a little bit of a grin. His only regret, listen to this, his only regret would come if you refused his gift of life. Let's bow our heads. That's a glimpse of the love of God. Would you say no to him today? No, I don't want your love. But say, Lord Jesus, I want your love. And I love you and I give you my life at this very moment. I don't want to add any more words. But don't let God regret. His only regret, the writer says, would come if you, we, refused his gift of life. If the Lord is speaking to your heart and asking you today to give him your life, do not hesitate and do not say tomorrow and do not say this afternoon and do not say when I go home, say, Lord, I love you. I give you my life. If you want me to pray for you, if you want to give your life to Jesus Christ at this very moment, give me a, raise your hand, a sign so I can pray for you. If there's someone here amongst us would like to say, Lord, I love you. Here's my life. I want to come. I want to be saved. Just lift up your hand. No one is looking. Is there someone? 
Do you want to give him your life? Among the young men there? The young ladies? Don't hesitate. And do not postpone. Life is too short. And then you will truly enjoy the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. Last call. Anyone? Our Father, we thank you for this moment. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for your grace. We cannot fathom this love, yet may we, as we grow, try to have a glimpse of it. But when we get there, as the song says, then we shall understand it all. May we stay in your love. May we rejoice in that love. And may we shine through our lives the love of the Lord Jesus Christ so we can win others through his love. Bless each and every person. And if there's someone who prayed in his heart or in her heart, we pray that you take them by the hand and press them to your heart and show them how much you love them. Father, we don't deserve your love, but how thankful we are that you loved us first. For God so loved the world. Thank you. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen. Amen. The meeting is over. If there's someone who'd like to talk to me after the meeting, I'll be here waiting for you. Otherwise, enjoy the day. Have a great afternoon and enjoy the weather outside.